but you know, it's daylight savings. <laughs> Queensland just can't get with the program. No, no, no. In Brisbane, it would be fine, but Queensland is such a wide state. The- it should be two states. Just north of Mackay, it really should just be cut loose and and maybe drifted out as a maybe it could replace the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt have been bringing you the world's best local and imported malts. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud supporters of this. And this is Good Brews Week and I am your host, Pete Mitchum, and he is Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. G'day, Pete. How are you? Very well. I'm particularly well this week, I have to say. Well, I don't spend a lot of time on social media platforms um, for a lot of reasons, but um, when I do, I there are certain things that I guess, obviously my... Uh, feed in both Twitter and Facebook is fairly heavily, you know, brewery orientated. And it um, it occurred to me this week, uh, there was, I guess, a tale of two cities is not putting too fine a point on it. And at the risk of, you know, bringing in a, a literary um, illusion, uh, that's illusion with an A for those playing Bruce News Bingo, um, noticed a couple of posts on some other um, popular thing where, where things just... It just went silly and just and I just and I just kind of despaired, and then I clicked on our Radio Brews news page, and a good friend of the program, James Davidson, has thrown in a couple of memes, <laughs> and uh, I had to say it really it, it the the juxtaposition just really tickled me because here was uh, I guess our our followers our listeners our readers showing that it. Beer, you know, drink it responsibly, but don't take it too seriously. Is is a T-shirt that they'd be happy to proudly wear. Yep. Um, but that doesn't mean we have to take everything so seriously. You know, we're we're not just news. We're not just opinion. We're not just views. We part of that is saying, yeah, beer can elicit lots of different responses, and memes have almost become memes of themselves. Is that? I don't know if that if that's how they work. It, it's the, a low-hanging fruit quite often. Every now and then you will see one that does make you chuckle, but by and large, they're the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, but the fact that he had kind of, I guess, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah smarmy little prick. Don't think I didn't see the sneaky one that was, you know, I had to open the full thing to see, having a bit of a crack at me. Uh, but for many of our, uh, our loyal respondents, uh, threw in some gifs of their own, um, to all, all memes of their own, uh, which I, I and I, look, I just I just thought I would mention it, uh, and to the smart asses out there, who said, oh, you know, well done, Pete. You know, the old man's, you know, discovered. Uh, what did you say, Pete? Discovered Jiffy this week. Yeah, well, it, it, it just happened that James posted that in the week that uh, you know we've exchanged a couple of texts getting ready for the podcast, and it, yours, oh, and I yours were loaded. Um, okay, yeah, were laden with. Um, gifts because the kids have taught you how to use your iPhone. Yeah, good on you. Okay, fair enough. No, no, no. I will wear that uh, with a, as a badge of pride. Um, and, a, and just while we're on the um, the topic of the, the Facebook group page, um, Trev Burks, I thought that was a, an absolute spanker. Um, he was, uh, where was he? Uh, at the in-laws pub, uh, which is uh, up Bendigo Way. Uh, drinking a Holgate pale and end up chatting to Merle. She's drinking a Guinness and I suggested she try a golden stout time for something different. She then tells me she met this bloke, Peter, in Perth during the America's Cup, so 1983, who started Matilda Bay. She lived in Fitzroy and drank Redback at the Loaded Dog. 
Happy was, Friday. Was 83, wasn't that the year that we won in Oh, sorry, US? yes, that was when we won. It was 87. 87. Yeah. Would have been, yes, when it was in Fremantle. So, yes, yeah, quite right. Uh, it was but, so, Matilda Bay would have only been two or three years yep. in at that point. Um, but I just thought, how cool is that, that um, A, we've got, uh, and look, you know, shout out to Merle. I'm sure she won't mind me saying she, just in the photo, she looks a little bit older than Trev, for example. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, and, and she's drinking Guinness. But not only, you know, I know growing up, you know, if you suggested to somebody of that vintage uh, back then, oh, you should try this other beer, you know, scorn would be poured upon you from a bucket from a great height because it was sort of like, well, no, this is this is what I drink. It really does show, I think, how... Um, attitudes have changed towards trying new things, to being open to um, other brands and breweries and that sort of thing. And presumably, I'm, I'm, look, knowing Trev, I'm sure the uh, element of, in, of independence would have would have come up as well. Yeah, yeah, and look, it, it, I, you know, I guess that is the the, the thing, and the the thing that uh, quite apart from enjoying that. You know, story, um, and you know, welcome to the uh, to to the group, uh, Trev. But it was really nice, uh, and, and I don't know how social, like I don't know how Facebook really works, but it seems to be a new initiative um, designed to encourage um, participation in these sorts of groups. But uh, he's been given a Rising Star Award, um, so it's almost like the gamification, uh, like Untapped, where you get you know a million, you know, every beer you have, you basically get a badge for something. Um, but yeah, so he was he was given a rising star on the back of uh, on the back of that. So obviously he had some good um, engagement. Engagement, I think, is what the young kids call. It. Yeah. So look, anyway, uh, enough of that. We'll get into the news now. But I just thought I'd, I'd just mention that because it was uh, it, it was just it, I don't know. It just really illustrated, I guess, what I love about doing what we do. But the fact that we've uh, you know added this element of the of the Facebook group um, page into it. And just this week, yeah, just seeing just the, the stark difference between, I guess, when you've got a, a smaller, more engaged group. It, it's obviously, and look, we're blessed, I think, Matt, that, you know, it's it's a lot easier to manage and to admin um, than a lot of other groups are. Um, but I think it just says a lot about um, uh, the way we do things and the way that um, our listeners and readers respond. Yeah, and look, you know, I, I think it's probably enough about us um, for this for the sale of the podcast. But it, that, that's what we try and do. Like we we don't try and like we don't want to have a fifty thousand member um, group. It's for people that want to use it, people who want to chat, people who've got something to say. We don't want to just have people there um, chipping in and things like that. So anyway, yeah, um, thank yeah. Th- thank you to those who have joined the uh, Facebook group. But um, let's get on with the news and stop talking about ourselves. We shall. Now, first of all, Matt, um, the IBD conference is coming to Perth in 2020. Yes, mate. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know whether a lot of small brewers, you know, that the smaller brewers would be aware of the IBD. It's the Institute of Brewing Distilling. I, I would say most of them would be, but wouldn't think that it's relevant to them. It's, yeah, it, it, it's for, it, it's seen as being part of the bigger um, brewers, but uh, absolutely not. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, in past years, they've probably targeted their programs a little bit more at the um, more mechanised, industrialised end of the uh, brewing spectrum. But on one hand, craft brewers have grown, you know, a lot of craft brewers, as we'll discuss in the news, have grown to the stage that they're big enough to actually avail themselves of some of these techniques. 
um, that some of the bigger brewers use, but also the IBD has absolutely changed its focus to look at brewing in all of its forms and being a much more inclusive um, organisation. So, yeah, so their so their thirty six their thirty six convention and exhibition. Um, is in Perth next year, um, and the last time it was held in Perth in 19, was in 1998, and that's actually a great thing for, not just for Perth, um, because it is a little bit isolated and can be hard for, you know, for events to go there, um, but conversely, IBD going to Perth gives a lot of East Coast brewers who maybe haven't had a chance to, or an excuse to get across to the Western capital to you know, go over and check it out and essentially write it off as a uh, as a work trip. That's a business expense. It's a business yeah. expense, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so the convention will see the integration of craft, large-scale brewing and distilling running through the entire convention program. Um, and the site for registrations is now open and the early bird is available until the 30th of November. So you've pretty much got a month to get that in and that offers a $100 you discount. A $100 discount, which yeah. is pretty... Pretty decent. And you touched on it, Matt. Um, interesting that the theme of the convention is connectivity. Yep. So the oh, aim is to, to bring all participants from every aspect of the industry together. And I think, too, you know, it's one of those things where we can learn a lot. You know, there are distillers there. Uh, there are big brewers there. But at the end of the day, it's we're all running a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of elements outside of the, you know, the technical side of, of brewing. Um that can be a, a big advantage. And I would be surprised. I'd be interested to hear from our listeners. I think there's a lot of brewers now who have done like the uh, the entry level, the IBD certification uh, course. Yeah, look, a, a lot of brewers are getting into it. Um, if you're lucky enough to have gone up through the big house um, or the big houses, that's who they tend to get their skilling through because it's such Training a through, yeah. yeah, and it's it's a recognised qualification. Um, Cooper's recently announced that five of their um, staff had graduated. Um, so yeah, so it's it's increasingly something that uh, brewers are, are looking to. So if, if you're looking to upgrade your skills and get something, you know, get a, a qualification that is uh, internationally recognised, then uh, head across to the IBD conference in Perth. Now that yeah, was we'll a, have we'll have a link to the. Um, the registration and ticket portal in the show notes? In the show notes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, uh, cool. so it's, it's a little bit long, so we we will uh, link to it in the show notes. But if you're listening to this on your phone or whatever, it'll be in the show notes as well. So anyway, um, and, and, and that, also, that, that was okay. not quite as seamless as some of our other ads, but it's a very important one. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, um, we'll, we'll probably be a little bit more lighthearted about it in coming well, weeks, but it. it is an important uh, event and uh, we highly commend it to our listeners. That's it. Particularly since we know from personal experience that some of our listeners are tight asses, so we thought we'd throw in the um, you get a hundred dollar discount by um, doing the early bird booking. I'll tell you, it's not so tight. Uh, some of our listeners that have been uh, jumping on and um, contributing um, to you know just a couple of dollars a month. So uh, thank you to them as well. We do thank you. Uh, also making news this week, Matt. Uh, now Melbourne Spring, three days this week of uh, plus thirty degree temperature i know that's oh that's nothing you know for you guys up there but um it's certainly made um the uh beer drinking and the you know the, the lawn mowing and all that sort of thing you're far more appreciative of a beer uh but also having had the uh the annual checkup 
Uh, and, you know, when you get the blood test back and you get liver functions up a little bit, how are you going with your <laughs> AFDs? And I'm going, yeah, yeah, no, no, we're, we're yeah, AFD. And, yep, yep, no, no, we're working hard. To, yeah, okay, no, I'm, I'm not doing as well as I probably could do. But it did occur to me that um, some of the beer that I've been getting into is mid-strength. I still haven't quite cracked the non-alcoholic. But I guess I because what's been holding me back is that, well, yeah, but no independent brewers are uh, making low alcohol or non-alcoholic beer. The boys out of Brick Lane say, prof, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> they're about to join the country's major brewers in brewing an alcohol-free beer, contributing to a market segment that is becoming increasingly accessible to smaller brewers. Yeah, look, and we, we've looked at Heineken Zero. And actually, I'll, I'll put up a thing about Heineken Zero just as a companion to this podcast. It was a chat that I had with uh, their brewer because I had a bit of a go at them early in the year or this time last year where they were being a little bit secretive about because um, the bottle actually records much higher sugar, significantly higher carbs and sugars than a regular um, Heineken. And uh, I wanted to find out a little bit more about the process um, behind it um, because you don't, that's what we do as journalists. You know, we're not just here to shill the product um, or just put out there, it's, it's got no alcohol. Um, but the, the big brewers tend to use, you know, very expensive, um, you know, like million, two million dollar equipment that enables them to flash off the um, alcohol under vacuum, not in, you know, not in the hands of even a, a large small brewer like Brick Lane. But then there are a whole lot of yeast um, options, uh, such as, uh, um, there was one linked in, in the show notes. Microbial was the way Paul described it, that, you know, the, the, the yeast actually does the work, or in this case, doesn't do the work. Um, and so there are some techniques to, to make it. So yes, it, it's great to see that the, the beers are there. Um, I have to say, Prof, I'm still not convinced on the on a huge penetration for alcohol-free beers in Australia. Um, I know that people pointing to some European markets um, and even Canada, where the where it's gone, uh, got, gotten a significant chunk. Um, but then I was also reading. I can't remember which country it was, whether it was the UK or um, one of the other European countries that it had a big start, pretty much like we've seen in Australia, where there's been a off a zero base, a big jump, but then it suddenly hits a plateau because the whilst the idea is good and there's a lot of uh, excitement to it, um, you know, countries that have a good mid-strength market, you can still have a beer that's probably got that little bit more flavour. Um, yeah, I was going to say, is that almost... Uh, law of unintended consequences, it, people go and try it because they go, well, actually, I'm starting to enjoy um, mid-strength beer. I'll try one of these non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, it was okay, but actually, I now appreciate more the uh, lower mid-strength. Yeah, mid-strength. yeah and, and I think, you know, like, for, for me, um, you know, <laughs> since, since we got back from the US, um, I've uh, you know, had a, quite a few um, AFDs. I've been sort of trying to just break that habit of the constant low-level um, drinking, and I've also been, you know, taking pack, you know, packing myself salads. So I don't want to go into my personal life too much, but uh, doing a little bit of exercise. I've actually put on weight, so uh, <laughs> I, 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 See, I all that walking to and from the because fr- for those who don't know, Matt, <laughs> Matt's got a, a beer fridge that's. Uh, down in the basement in the um, in the garage as well. So you probably there's a couple of thousand steps a day you're not getting by not going down to the beer fridge. Maybe, um, but yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, if 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 I was looking, if I was concerned about the calories or you know the the alcohol 
um, I'd be looking at something, you know, I would just drink water, um, you know, because as I've become aware of what I've been drinking in terms of beer, I've also been thinking, well, you know, I have three or four coffees a day, and even though I don't necessarily put sugar in it, you know, there's, you know, the milk and those sorts of things. So, you know, maybe I should cut back on coffee and instead of, you know, if I just want to be sipping something when I'm working, just have a water because that's got, you know, that's rehydrating, it's got no... Um, empty calories so when i do have a beer i you know i can actually enjoy the full flavor of beer but you know th- th- that's me yep. and as we've discussed in the past there's a lot of use cases for people who maybe do want um to be seen drinking a beer and not have to justify themselves and that's a little bit sad that that's our culture that if you're not drinking there is a like an a, assumption mate but anyway yep. i'm sure that uh, public service time. announcement i did find too when i was doing the man challenge that i learned uh that the body doesn't necessarily uh, differentiate between hunger and thirst. So if you're kind of feeling hungry rather than going and grabbing a handful of chips or uh, muesli bar or whatever, if you have a glass of water, that can actually sometimes sate the, okay, that's fine, we've, we've got a bit of fullness now, we can move on. Um, so, yeah, drinking water, not a bad thing. Absolutely. So anyway, but, yeah, um, no, very exciting to see that uh, for those who do want it, um, they'll soon be able to have some uh, craft beer independent options. Actually, Prof, just talking about... Um, Independence. Did you celebrate Independence Day? Uh, I did. I had a beer at two o'clock. An independent beer. In an independent beer. <laughs> um, I... I wasn't. I wasn't able to get out to any uh, like official um, gathering or function or anything like that. Unfortunately, uh, family commitments sort of got in the way. But that's you know the life of a family of three girls on a Saturday at this end of the year. Exactly. There you go. So anyway, so moving on. Uh, ABAC rules on Little Fat Lamb and Pirate Life complaints. A complaint that a social media post by Pirate Life Brewing links drinking and a, inverted commas, high-risk activity has been upheld by ABAC this week. The ruling was in relation to an Instagram post on its company page, which the complainant argued showed a photo which creates a connotation between drinking and swimming in the open water. Uh, In the other rulings, a 16-year-old apparently complained to the watchdog that an advertisement for products available at Coles owned Liquorland was placed on Spotify. I didn't know you could get... I don't don't see ads on Spotify because I guess I just... I I have it running through a a wireless, a Bluetooth speaker. Uh, Well, no, they read out ads. um, But I've got the paid version, Ah. so... Okay. Yeah, I have too. There you go. I've got Spotify Premium, but I don't don't have to... But I, I listen to my own... You know, I make up my own playlists. I didn't know. Can you just listen to like it, listen to it as a radio? Um, sort of, oh no, but even like if you're listening, listening to like your you're playlist, around the, if you don't the have the premium version, if you're listening to your playlist, you know, every third song they'll just throw in an ad um, to oh, okay. irritate you into taking the uh, paid version. There you go. Yeah, I've um, I don't know whether it's the pleasure of, I've, uh, but I, I have visited the. Um, the facility at which uh, Little Fat Lamb is made, and I've got to say, it's even just the brightness of the colour, not even the fact that it's in this great big, you know, two-litre easygoer that we used to call them, because um, I think Coca-Cola was the first one to come out with that the big fat plastic bottle. Um, and so I've just always associated that with, you know, cheap and nasty sugar delivery systems. Um, but, uh, Funnily yeah, Little enough, Fat Lamb... Well- See, see, funnily enough, you, you say that, Pete, and that's your association. You look at those bottles and you think of a party pack of Coke, and that's one of the stories that we're looking on. And it sort of, uh, I mean, Emily um, Day wrote a piece in The Age that we have linked to in the show notes. Um, yeah, Emily, who's the uh, editor of Froth, Froth magazine. Um, and, and she sort of, you know, it's, it's unfair to, to um, 
link the two. And that's that's very true. But, you know, when, when ABAC, and I think we touched on this last week, but when ABAC looks at, you know, has the ability to appeal to minors, they look at the design in isolation. And as we know, design is only one element of marketing. Um, so, you know, marketing is product, price, placement, um, you know, promotion, all of those things. Um, and ABAC is putting a lot of focus on the designs, as we know, to a lot of uh, brewers' um, you know, cost. But I actually think, and you know, we've spoken to a marketing expert who says you know, they're completely ignoring the fact that everything about Little Fat Lamb, um, in terms of those other elements of marketing, is designed to appeal directly to 18-year-old uh, drinkers who want to get shit-faced. Um, and there's a couple of little fat lamb, and, and if you want proof of that, um, there's a couple of little fat lamb appreciation pages on Facebook, and you've got one where there's a kid sitting there with two of those big bottles of uh, little fat lamb um, gaffer taped to his hands, and you know, sort of, you know, settled in for the party. Um, and that's, I should point out they're, they're 1.25 litres as well, not, one, not two litre. Oh, 1.25s. 1, 1. Um, yeah, but, but it's still 8%. Yeah, and so, you know, if, if you want evidence of who is picking up that dog whistle of marketing or you know who's listening to that dog whistle of marketing it's the 17 to 18 year olds because it's cheap um it's sweet it's strong um, you don't you don't have to carry multiple cans and then keep an eye on them you can just you know basically it's 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 basically a you know uh i don't know a a solid goon bag as we know when you open a carbonated drink um you it, it 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 goes flat. So these are a drink that are designed to be drunk, notwithstanding the size, the one point two five liters. Once you open it, it's designed no, to be consumed. To finish a lot of it, and yep. ABAC should arguably be focusing on those things because craft beer, you take away those labels that you know they're finding objectionable. Everything else about the the the, the, the flavor of the beer and the cost of the beer um, is. You know, almost repellent to an eighteen-year-old that just wants to get shit-faced. Um, so yeah. So anyway, yeah. So, so that was an interesting ruling, and uh, I, I do wonder whether um, and James Omond, um, who I know has put some um, arguments to ABAC on behalf of brewers, might even sort of want to weigh in on whether he thinks that that's something that uh, you know, might fly in in, in mounting a defence that you know labelling um, is only one aspect of it. Yeah, exactly. The, the key thing I took away from Emily's article, which I think, I don't know whether it appeared nationally, but it was in The Age. So certainly online, if you're a subscriber, you could have you could have got access to it uh, around the country. Um, so Little Fat Lamb, which is a, I think it's taxed as a cider, isn't it? I don't know whether, because it's a fruit a fruit wine, because it's over 8%. Uh, and, and that's, well, see, that's where the 8% comes in. Even though on the, on the label, it says, you know, um, Little Fat Lamb, brewed, berry, brewed, tropical, brewed, lemon so it's suggesting that it's brewed yeah i don't know they well they must be getting around because there there are ginger beers that if you make a four percent ginger beer you're taxed as an alcohol pop if you make an eight percent ginger beer you get it's the, a fruit wine so you get the wet tax you get the wet tax which is just yeah and it but it, it it just highlights the really badly conflicted nature of alcohol and you know, i'm not sort of calling for a lowering of um you know, of excise, you know, that's something that industry, various parts of the industry can argue for, but just the yep. inconsistency and they're actually creating a system where, you know, through 
encouraging wine to be cheaper and encouraging um, wine to be stronger, um, you, you you see these products, and yet beer, which isn't, which has actually come full circle and is actually a beverage of moderation, um, is being punished. So anyway, so yeah. yeah so. And the article, I thought that the takeaway from that was uh, so eight percent, one point two five liter for eight dollars. So it works out at a, about a dollar uh, per standard drink. Yep, um, eight dollars appealing she, to kids. Exactly, and so she made the Emily made the uh, comparison to the Kellogg's beer, which was the other one that um, was ruled on by by ABAC. Um, Nine dollars a can for three seventy five ml, and it's only six point four percent. So that's one point eight standard drinks. Um, so the equivalent, your eight dollars for your little fat lamb, you would have to spend forty dollars to get the same number of standard drinks in if you bought it in um, in beer. Yep. And so, yeah, so the whole point of the article was, uh, yeah, as we set out by saying, that's, yeah, unfairly lumping all of that in. And, and that's why we just need to be, I guess, like we say every week, Matt, a little bit careful about um, how we how we go about marketing so that we can keep the the power to keep things real in our own hands and not hand it over to government. Because they'll make a complete pig's ear out of it or a little lamb's ear. Yeah, and, and that's one yeah. of the reasons, and I, and I know I bang on a bit, you know, about the booze and it's become a bit of a joke in the Facebook group and to, to our listeners but the way you refer to something is the way people hear it. Um, and we took it. Do we have it in the show notes? I can't remember now. Um, there was the liquor licensing in Queensland where wine, you know, there, there was a situation where a local winemaker um, also has a brewery and he went to a couple of festivals recently. And because of the pig's breakfast of um, Queensland's support, notwithstanding the craft beer strategy, he was able to turn up and sell wine, um, bottles of wine, you know, um, sell you know full glasses of wine and give samples. But he couldn't take under, his, under his producer's license. Under his producer's license, but yep. he couldn't take the beers that he'd made um, to the same event because there was no ability for him to do that. He had to give it away in fifty mil samples um, on top of everything else. So um, yeah, so he's able to recover his costs for the for, for the wine and. When you make those, when you make the arguments um, that these things should be changed, and I've learned from experience, when you speak about beer, people's minds run to a bunch of blokes at the Gabba dressed as Richie Benno with watermelons on their head, um, making the biggest plastic cup snake. When you mention wine, you think of misty mornings in vineyards with a winemaker lovingly, you know, sort of stroking wood barrels, um, and. You, you might not think that, that has a big effect, but when you are lobbying for a whole range of changes, perception does matter. So, yeah, anyway. Yep. We bundled uh, up a whole lot of stories. Speaking in, uh, of perception, uh, speaking of uh, topics that Matt bangs on about quite a bit, um, the Scottish Brewery in Brisbane uh, readies for opening with new appointments. Uh, yeah, look, uh, we covered it this week. They've been very active on social media talking about it. Um uh, you know, interestingly, and look, there, yeah, go go see it. You'll, you'll find some very hype-driven um, pieces in the the, the daily papers. Um, but interestingly, uh, I'd heard that they'd appointed a um, a, a long-term Scottish uh, staff member to come down here and do that. And I thought, well, yeah, you know, that's interesting. As the operations manager, as the operations manager, and I contacted them three weeks ago. No response. Follow them up. 
no response. Follow them up, no response. And then it just happened that on Monday I got a um, media release from their newly appointed New South Wales PR firm um, saying, look, you know, hold this date open and we're going to be putting out a media release tomorrow. And I went, hold on, champ. You know, I've been asking for some, inf- you know, and you've, they've been ignoring the question. And uh, she said, oh, look, you know, we'll have a media release tomorrow. Can you just hold off running anything until tomorrow? And I thought, no, look, I'm not, I've been working on this story for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just sort of go with what I've got. If you're not going to comment, don't comment. That's fine. Before you know it, suddenly the Korea Mail's released a spoon-fed story, you know, that evening, you know, with a nice photo of Calvin McDonald and things like that, uh, which again, like anyone who's dealt with the media or dealt with the world of PR knows that's the way it works. And I'm, I'm not sort of criticising about that. Um, no, it's not that we're trying to get the exclusive, but I mean, if we've heard, you know, through our channels that so-and-so has been appointed and so-and-so has been appointed and you just look we're just can we just get clarification on that and you get crickets and and they they ignore it it's a little bit rude to then say well our paid pr company is actually going to tell you what you already know but would you mind if they would you mind yeah would you mind holding off until the media (laughs) release well no actually because i i'm a working journalist i don't need the media release to be spoon-fed to me to have a story because you know, we, we spend a lot of time... We actually write our stories rather than just cut and paste media releases. Media releases. And if you look at the Brisbane Times and you know, in the Career Mail, it's pretty much just spoon-fed because they, they've got generalist food writers that don't know, you know, they can sort of say it's a 25-hectolitre system and they'll just sort of spoon-fed it. They won't know that it's, you know, a change from a 50-hectolitre to um, vessel and what that means and things like that. So anyway, so that's all a long way of saying, look, I don't care what Brewdog do if, they, you know... That's what every big brewery does. Um, but the reason that I sort of uh, bring it up is because, you know, I often get, you know, you, you always get um, the media release of talking about how Brewdog have pioneered radical transparency, how they're doing it differently and they're sort of fighting against the culture of the big brewers. And you go, well, okay, then be radically transparent. And when you, a journalist asks a question, tell them. If you're just going to spoon feed the media your story and not um, feed up, then you're not radically transparent. You are big brewery transparent, um, and you, which almost by definition means you're not punk. So, um, and, and that's you know that's my bugbear with them. They make all of these claims that just don't bear any scrutiny, and so then they avoid scrutiny and then tell you that they're radically transparent. So they make hey, good speaking beer, of transparency. Speaking of transparency, Matt. Um, did you know that the um, can sleeves, printed sleeves that you can get, can give you transparency, but perhaps add a an independent supporter seal or a independent brewery seal to your existing products? Do you know who you'd call to get one of those? It's Rowling's label stickers and packaging, and you could call them on one three hundred eight five two two three five to discover a more efficient way to get your small batch canning labels done. They didn't get back to me to tell me how small a font they could use, so how much, uh, you know, how, how much, whether you could put a thousand word uh, billboard on. But uh, I'm sure they're looking into it because yeah, back, yeah well, they're, 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 I'm sure that they they other uh, unlike the Scottish brewery, I'm sure they will get back to you eventually um, <laughs> as soon as they actually know uh, the answer to that. Now the other thing, Matt, you 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 you're just skirting around it. The main issue here, you're avoiding it, so I'm going to throw it straight to you. The fire pits. Have they put the fire pits in? Uh, <laughs> oh, mate, I, I, I don't know. There was a uh, there was a bundle of photos that was uh, included with the media release when it finally came that uh, didn't include any additional information really beyond apart from the menu that basically sounds like the menu of every brew pub in Queensland. Um, 
And but there were, there was a photo, and I saw these funny looking round things that look. They, they they appear to be cylindrical prisms uh, shapes made from blue stone or some sort of. It, it looks like blue stone they, or some sort of you know. They they, they look very. They, they do look fire like the fire pit. pits. That they, they they look like what were fire pits in the original. Um, you know, artist renderings that came out back in May, which presumably um, they, came from the architect drawings or yeah. the or the perhaps the, the interior designer, exterior designer, the architect, landscape that designer. Obviously, never spent a Brisbane winter um, in in Brisbane and hadn't read the uh, the, the the laws. But anyway, so um, I, I was just yeah curious because when the photos came out, they. They, they look a little, little bit like fire pits with tabletops on them. Yeah, that have just <laughs> so you're going okay. But you, you, I, I zoomed in and I can't quite see. But there's a perspex and there is a stainless steel thing in the middle that could potentially, you know, be I don't know. It, oh, maybe it's, uh, like a, you lift that off and there's like a, it's a chilled unit that you could put your beers in or something maybe to keep it cold. Yeah. But did you say was it because uh, I couldn't I didn't zoom in on mine. I, I, it looked like a like a, a, a tabletop of some sort. But are you suggesting it might be perspex? Um, it, well, it looks like a radically transparent top of some um... <laughs> radically transparent perspex. Yeah, it could be. So anyway, we'll anyway, see. look, we'll wait and see. Uh, I do know that um, Stone and Wood will be opening their Brisbane brewery fairly soon. Are you heading off? You're going to pop in there and uh, for the opening. Um, well, it depends when they open because they were talking about opening at the end of August. They had Ex- a few issues with the old building. Um, yeah, 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 and there was yeah, various uh, issues with um, construction and yeah, refurbishment the and, and the stuff. landlord and yeah, who who had to, who was responsible for fixing uh, stuff that that had turned up. Um, but the other thing that I was going to say was, I'm pretty sure I saw Lou Clapp. Um, Post that they're opening up a soft open this Friday. I thought. Now I don't know whether that's tomorrow or next Friday. I'll have oh, to okay. Look back through Facebook and see if I can find oh, it. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll jump. I'll, I'll certainly go along and check that out because uh, if it, well, if it's next week, I can probably go as well. I don't but... reckon they'll have five hit. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, but uh, if it's not next week, then I'll probably be missing it. Just I'll be missing the uh, Brewdog opening because. Uh, I'm packing what? my bags again. Uh, sorry, Pete, I'm, I'm doing oh. this one without you. Where, where are we going, Matt? Where are uh, we going this time? <laughs> well, I'm going. It's um, just we, pale face. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, is there something you can tell me? Um, no. Well, we, we, you, you were aware of it vaguely, but yeah, no, this is a. Yeah, no. I, I'm heading off to Germany. Um, there's a Brau Bevial, um, which is the biggest trade show in the world. Um, and then also heading off to uh, Lille, which is. Uh, to Lille is in France. As in France, it's um, in the north of the north of France. North of France, just near Belgium, and uh, yeah, to uh, learn a little bit about yeast and some of the research that's going into yeast there, and then uh, I'll, I will be getting to get to Leafman's and, or is it? Ro- it might actually be Rodenbach and Duval. So uh, if you do get to Rodenbach, can you see if uh, Rudy can um, get your bottle opener? Get, get me a bottle opener. That'd be great. Thanks for that. <laughs> no worries. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's yeah. okay. no, cool. Well, we'll say yeah. Well, uh, best of luck to um, to our friends at Stone and Wood. If uh, it does look like they're opening before we record and publish our our next uh, podcast, uh, now it's time for mailbag. Don't forget 
review us on iTunes, or you can send us in an email, or you can uh, respond to a post. I don't know if we're going to count memes yet, Matt. I don't know that we've jumped that Rubicon just yet. I think maybe we'll, we don't want to encourage no, 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 no. We, 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 we don't. I think it's fun to have one every now and then. We don't want to incentivize them, no. It's like a, yeah, that's right. It's like a, um, you know, barrel-aged barley wine. I, I don't mind one every now and then, but it's not what I want to see, you know, on the table every week. Um, so you can join our Facebook group. Just search for uh, Radio Brews News, and you might be asked to use the word, the password, which is soapbox. Um, and thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel. Not only will you receive a stunning collectible. Uh, Bruce News bottle opener, but you'll also go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack of good Australian independent beer from our very good friends at Beer Cartel, who sponsor our Letter of the Week. A couple of comments this week, Matt, as we move on and wind things up from Ben Chuck Stewart. Um, can I just say, crispy boys is my new favourite internet phrase. Thanks, Dave. And I assume that's uh, a reference to Dave Padden from uh, Akasha Brewing. It absolutely was. Who popularised the... The, the term crispy boys. Uh, well, yeah, I think it's been around for a while, but he was sort of talking about them. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, did, did, what's your understanding? What's, what's a crispy boy, Matt? Well, as Dave said, he thinks it's actually the beer. So I think it was initially, you know, the, you know, like there was the hazy boys. Um, because this is B O I S, isn't it? Yeah, which crispy was, boys. You know, sort of the... So you're going to France, so you, would it be crispy bois? <laughs> now, bois, uh, bois is to drink. So, uh, je bois means I have thirst. So bois, I think, is is drink. It's like the, the drinks list versus the food list. If you say so. Yeah. But anyway, crispy boys. Let's make it a thing if it's not already. Wayne well, Wheatley. It, it absolutely is. Yeah, Wayne Wheatley also who posted on the, the story about the pirate life ABAC ruling uh, commented, don't see why anyone could be upset by somebody retrieving a can from the ocean. They're worth 10 cents. Environmentally friendly in my eyes. Fair. <laughs> Fair call. Fair Although call. things get a little bit pear shaped when uh, you then try to take them down to your earn and return and burn and tear your hair out CDS return things that seem to be Matt um, in the news a little bit this week with brewers copping a bit of a spray from uh, some people who have loaded up the the Ford territory with uh, empties and then had them all spat back out at them because brewers don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and well. Do they know what they're doing, or is there a is there an issue? And you know, our, our wonderful Claire Burnett um, has been uh, approaching um, the uh, EPA in New South Wales and sort of trying to get some details because there's been rumblings that there's been an extension of the um, trial or the demo because there are problems. But then when we contacted them, we were told there were no problems. And I just said, oh, hold on, sport. Um, you can't, you know what? It, jump you don't on Facebook. all the problems just by saying there are no problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How about a little bit of radical transparency and uh, sort of answer our questions because... How about just put your hand up, stand up on the milk crate with your decks around your ankles and say, we stuffed up. The scheme is a pig's ear. Actually, does, does one of our, any of our New South Wales listeners, if you are going to claim, um, if you can, you know, even just a shoot a short, um, you know, iPhone video um, showing what happens, because in Queensland, I, I don't even. I'll, I'll be honest. I just recycle my cans. I put them in recycling. Um, we have a yeah, we have a really great system down here too of of curbside recycling. So there's no there's no need for us to. I mean, it probably yeah. all ends up in landfill anyway at the moment, thanks to. Well, the government, but anyway. Yeah, I, I don't see any cans left in parks and things like that, which is another 
thing, you know, wine is excluded from the CDS, which is different. But anyway, um, yeah, but if anyone wants to, if you're taking some cans, if you want to um, sort of just show, hold up the craft beer can, show yourself uh, putting it in there, and then, you know, we'll organise to get that off you because I wouldn't mind showing that to the uh, New South Wales government and so saying, um, you know how you said that there's not a problem? And, Here's uh, your and problem. see what comes. In video form. But anyway, um, so yes, yeah, so, so that's the story we're working on. Uh, we'd love to hear your tips. Uh, with, and, and thank you to the people who are sending tips. You know, as, as you know, um, the, the best tips that we get are, please don't quote me on this. Um, yeah, but, don't use my name, but. Yeah. Uh, but Wayne Wheatley you didn't did hear give this us his from name me, but... um, on, on the Pirate Life story. And I thought that was, uh, you know, I, I thought that was quite funny. Um, yeah, and that's, so, that's worthy of the uh, uh the uh, letter of the week. Letter of the week. So Wayne, if you want to, if you're a listener and not just a uh, lurker in the Facebook group, um, please send us your email and, uh, or your, your postal address and we'll get a six pack of some of Australia's finest uh, craft beer guaranteed to uh, pass through the New South Wales Container Deposit Scheme. Asterix may not be guaranteed to pass through the New South Wales Container Scheme. <laughs> exactly. Uh, picture may differ from actual experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not what it's necessarily uh, says on the brochure. Uh, and I'm sure that some of those beers that you will receive, Wayne, will um, have used cryo malt in uh, the production of that. And I'm sure some of them will be wrapped in um, labels produced by Rellings labels and stickers. And they can actually and, do uh, labels. So I think they yeah. can do your beer bottles as well, not just cans. That's so it. if you, you want to be old school or if you want to be ahead of the next wave of trend... Get your beer in glass. <laughs> this was not there a paid go. announcement. No, not at all. No, it was, it was more an observation on the fickle nature of faddishness in the Australian. Exactly. Actually, exactly. I, I don't know. Um, it was something that probably wouldn't have passed muster on Brews News just because it raised a couple of flags. But I, I don't know whether you saw it. James Parent, who is an absolute dead set legend, um, he works for Stonewood. Wood. Yeah, he's been on a couple of our panels at the. Cryo Malt Trade Hub at um, uh, at Beer Deluxe during Good Beer Week. Indeed, and talking about you know environment and and environment sustainability and, and they're going for B Corp certification as well. You know, again, you know, the next three years, all of this sort of stuff. But it was it was quite interesting that he gave a presentation at Brucon talking about you know kegs versus bottles versus cans and said that um, cans came out vaguely you know just ahead. Um, in terms of, you know, there wasn't too much difference between bottles and cans. And I have to go back and look at the full details, but there, there was, it was, a it, was bit... it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I must admit when I saw the, the numbers Yeah, and this is like in terms of its carbon footprint or its, uh, environmental friendliness and sustainability kind of rating. And, and, and that presentation was done, uh, you know, just after Stone and Wood had sort of really put, you know, expanded their can range, <laughs> but then there was a... Um, a, a sponsored post on uh, Beer and Brewer this week um, in which he was quoted spruiking the benefits of glass, um, you know, for OI, because it was a paid by OI Glass, um, who obviously are getting their you know, lunch eaten a little bit by cans these days and sounds undeservedly so. But, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting... Um, yeah, given that he was... Yeah, it was, it was, an, it was an interesting um, paid... Sponsorship by OI Glass. Mm, certainly, I look with interest to see what happens next in terms of the yeah the battle between bottle and can. 
But yeah, I, I, I would have asked as an editor if I'd been paid. You know, an ad's an ad. You sort of run it because everyone knows that it's it's an ad. But as an editor, I would have been asking a few additional questions just to sort of clarify some of those. You know, the presentation. But that's yeah. Anyway, let's wrap it up for this week, Matt. For um, geez, two hundred and forty-three episodes. Uh, Matt, I, I did a count. Um, this week and you know considering in the first year you know maybe we made four or five podcasts um this year we're on track for something like uh just for our regular scheduled programming uh something like 90 episodes of the podcast so that's episode 243 that's just of beer as a conversation if you include the, no, that's just a good Bruce week. Uh, good Bruce week. Then we've got as many, but then we've also got all of the bonus content that we've put out. Um, so, yeah, listen, you if you, we do run paid ads seamlessly uh, most of the time. Um, and, you know, sorry that you have to sit through them. Um, but it does make, you know, creating 90 to 100 episodes of content that you seem to value uh, worthwhile. Um, exactly. But we do thank you for people who do chip in a little bit here and there um, for some beer money and, uh, you know, for mics and things like that. And we do appreciate uh, you guys as well. And you can find out how you can do that in the show notes. Exactly. Uh, for all that and more, go to either the Australian Brews News website or the Radio Brews News uh, Facebook group page. For all that and more, and we'll see you all again next week. Thank you very much to Crime Alt, to Beer Cartel, and to Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging for uh, making all this possible. All right, Matt, take care, and uh, I'll speak to you next week. And uh, to all of our listeners, we'll see you all again uh, next week for the next episode of Good Brews Week. I've been your host, Pete Mitchum. He's been Matt Kierkegaard. Together, we've been Good Brews Week. Thanks very much for listening, and we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation.